This episode is brought to you by Clavio. Clavio is an e-commerce marketing automation platform with automated email flows that let you make money while providing a great user experience. And with Clavio, you don't need to sacrifice advanced features and powerful functionality for speed and ease of use. To see this tool simplify your e-commerce email and SMS marketing, go to www.clavio.com. I'm Amy Mongeta, and this is Conversations with an Email Guru, a podcast dedicated to helping startups grow their businesses through best-in-class email marketing. Every single week, I'll be talking to you about email strategies and best practices to help you understand, develop, and exhaust your email channel to reach more customers. You can do this, and I'm here to show you how. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 19 of Conversations with an Email Guru. I am your host, Amy Mongeta. And man, are you in for a treat today? I am seeing a ton of my clients struggle with their Facebook ads. And so seeing as it is a complimentary channel to email, I wanted to sit down with an expert to help get some details. And luckily, I knew just the guy. Today, I'm sitting down with Oliver Schultz, founder of Centaur Consulting Group. Not only is he filled with actionable wisdom, yes, actionable, but he is doing great things for companies, house 10 times the revenue in one year for a great thing. Anyways, we will dive in Listen closely to the episode. He shares some really valuable nuggets and, lucky for you, access to some of the tools he mentions are in the show notes. Let's get started. All right. Hey, Oliver. Thanks for joining me today. My pleasure, Amy. How's it going? Great. Um, I'm really excited to dive into these Facebook basics. I've been sort of inundated lately with questions from listeners as well as clients. I think just generally in the small business community, we're seeing a lot of this like how to crack the Facebook code. Um, But before we dig into these wonderful tips you're about to give us, tell the listeners a little bit about your experience um, and then help how you've been helping clients with their Facebook ads. Certainly. Yeah. And um, you're not alone there, obviously, if you're struggling with Facebook or with your paid media efforts in general, I got to say, like, um, there are tons of businesses out there. In fact, the stat is that around 80% of all businesses on Facebook spend under $1,000 a month, and they're just trying to figure it out. So you're not alone there. There are thousands of other people just like you. So the fact that you're already listening to this podcast is an excellent step to take. Um, A little on me. So um, for about nine years, I've been in the industry. Um, I started out in the nonprofit space, doing a little bit of free work, trying to get my ground game, not only in um, Facebook, but just general marketing. And then when I went agency side, a few years later after that, I focused a little bit more on paid media specifically while building up my client portfolio on the side. And then I realized, well, there are a lot of people that need support for this stuff. So um, three years ago, I started full-time and built my own agency, Centaur Consulting Group. Um, and essentially... Um, what you can do to generally help with Facebook, if you're going to take away anything from this today, is you should figure out 
what your marketing goal is relative to what you're trying to do with Facebook. And usually a lot of people have trouble with that and figuring out what your budget is relative to that because some people just think, all right, I want to get more clients. Well, that's great. But what does that mean to you? And like, how exactly can Facebook fit into that? We should figure that out. Or like, this should help you figure that out by figuring out what your specific SMART goal is. Um, I can get into that a little bit further, but um, do you want me to go into additional details on that, Amy? Yeah, I mean, we can we can definitely jump in um, to that in a bit. I actually think your background's amazing, how you've had sort of a, a bunch of different um, industry expertise as well, especially from that nonprofit lens. But um, it's so interesting you talk about SMART goals because, um, you know, in email, it's the same thing. A lot of times we jump into clients, right? And, and they're like, um, they're measuring their success simply off of an open rate or, or something like that. And you realize that, you know, you haven't really set the actual goal and you have to understand those micro conversions that actually get you to that goal. There tends to be some big big gaps in that, that logic. So I'm excited for you to perhaps dig into smart goals, um, in, in the episode today. But I guess if, you know, if you're a business owner and you're obviously not a performance marketer, right? I mean, a lot of these business owners are, especially in e-commerce there, um, they've got their Shopify site, they're running the Shopify site, they're trying to do email. And then of course they need their ads. It's so important. You know, how, what approach, should they be taking to set up their Facebook ads? And like, do you have any easy how-to steps for them? Oh, certainly. Um, I hear this all the time. Like um, one of the other things, like just being from a nonprofit side of things, obviously um, I love helping business owners and helping people in general. Um, used to um, do a little bit more mentoring at um, SCORE. And this is something that came up all the time. So I'm glad to hear that as well too. Because it's like, um, it's one of those things to generally think about. And it's just like trying to keep things simple. You know, like there are all these things that go on in a Facebook account I'm looking at first, like, especially if you're looking at it for the first time, it's like, ah, what's going on here? What are all these different metrics? Where do I create my campaign? How do I make my money already? Um, but let's like get into like a little bit more of the specifics with SMART goals. So like, it's a good place to start because we can tangibly figure out what we should do with your budget and your priority. Like Say, for example, I've had two different clients that they're trying to figure out budgets. One's an e-commerce client and another is in the music industry. Um, one fellow in the music industry, he wants to try to get more people to show up to his shows because that develops his following. And then in turn, he can monetize from there. So for him to leverage Facebook, he wants to, for example, try to get around 40 people, like 40 additional people to show up to his shows. And then from there, that's supposed to help with his bottom line. So he has his goal. It's like 40 people per show and say, for example, like we need to figure this out, but like he has two shows a month. This is what I was going through with him exactly is two shows per month. So from there, I have a calculator that we use to just figure out what his total budget can be. Um, Amy, for this podcast, like, um, can we do some screen shares or anything like that? Unfortunately, we can't. We can load up the show notes, but um, yeah, you'll kind of have to give the listeners the, the picture just, just chatting away here. I will visualize it with my words and you can look <laughs> at it afterwards or while like uh, you're listening to this. So either way you get to see it. Um, and I'll give you like the example version. So like, obviously all this stuff is like, um, you know, with NDAs and all that good stuff. And some of these things I'm showing right now are more just examples of just like miscellaneous samples that anyone can do. Like this should take you about 10 minutes. Um, so to start off with, obviously having that smart goal in mind, 
what I like to do is sort of a three-step type of funnel for something like that. So you start off with what your desired goal is. So say, for example, if you just want 40 event signups, um, your total budget, for example, could be $2,500. Um, so essentially plug in like your goal into this sheet. And from there, you work your way back into the metrics based upon what you anticipate your click-through rate is, your cost per click, and your, um, your conversion rate. Um, overall, that's something where an expert comes into play. And I will say there's some places where like you can do this yourself and starting off, you could do this, of course, but having a marketing partner is very useful. Just like an email, same thing with Facebook. Um, having somebody to figure that stuff out with you can help you achieve your marketing goals. So I do that. And essentially, I come up with the budget from there to say like, all right, we need 40 signups. Say if it costs $2 per click to get a signup um, and we have around a 3% conversion rate with a 0.5% click-through rate. That means we need around 250,000 people. To, we need to reach 250,000 people. We would then get 1,250 people to uh, click through. Sorry, I'm just reading the numbers off here. Um, a little more visual guy. And then when we get those people to click through, that's how we get our 40 signups. So that would give us a budget of around $2,500. Um, gotcha. Right. So it's like empiric. So it's just like, I'll give you the calculator afterwards to review yourself and you can like use this for e-commerce, lead gen. Um, you could use it for like music signups like this too. It just depends upon like what you're looking at and empirically it just says like okay this is what my goal is and that's why it's so important to know it so you know that i do this on a monthly basis but like obviously that's the other important thing too so say if you need this in like a week quarter so on and so forth i would adjust accordingly but that's the gist i mean that's how like you can go from like oh what do i do to like oh this is what i need for a budget and i know we're gonna get into that a little later but that's the important thing to figure out all right what should I create in my Facebook account? And that's where I would start um, from there. Um, I wow. can get to like, <laughs> right? Like, it's like that took like, let's see, that took about five minutes to explain. I assume that's like a game changer for some folks to figure out, okay, like you have a goal, how do you get a budget? That's how you just use this calculator. Um, now, you might need a marketing partner for some of this stuff because this is based upon, say, like my industry knowledge, which in my experience, usually takes like a couple of years to really get adjusted to like mm -hmm. the industry and like four to six to really become like a nuanced expert to figure out like the benchmarks off the top of your head and all that good stuff. But for this, for like any business owner, like you could just plug away at this calculator, for example, or if you have questions, just feel free to reach out. Wow. That is amazing. It's so interesting as a business owner myself having to do all this research on Facebook ads myself, like you never see anything out there that actually helps. Like you just helped a whole bunch of people and we've only been talking for a few minutes. So that is fantastic. So in that same vein, I think one of the other things that uh, I hear a lot is just the different types of ads and how you use them, especially like when I'm working with someone, um, one of my email clients, and we're trying to, you know, work on tactics for list growth. Um, anything you can kind of, any clarity you can give around the types of ads and how they are used best? Certainly. Um, I'll give a link afterwards because that will just give you very straightforward. Here are the different types of ads, like just 
dry cut, some additional information based upon this. And by the way, this information is based upon like my prior trainings. Well, too. I probably should have gone into that, but like I've gone through different boot camps, gotten certs, not only free, but the paid certs and um, learned some of this stuff through my master's program as well, too, um, along with like the hands-on training I do with my clients. Cause obviously that's the best way to learn is just by yes. doing it. Um, so the tidbits on this one, video is like the most engaging type of ad you can possibly get. Um, and there's two parts to this. One is it's the cheapest type of ad to get out there. So like to get impressions, that's the best way to do it. And Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, right? Cause it's like a combined company, but Facebook in particular favors video because it's more engaging for that reason. So you get more click throughs, you get more people viewing your video and all that good stuff. And then the secret little sauce behind this type of ad type is you can build up your remarketing more effectively, especially with iOS. So say you get somebody to view 25% of your video or three seconds of it. You can then remarket to them versus having them go to your site um, to then build up your audiences and get more effective engagement. So that I would say is like one of the better ad types to start with if you can. It's harder for all people to get like videos and such. So like the single image ad is the classic one to start off with. Um, I would say in general, um, those two are like what I would stick with. Carousels are good for like different products or if you're showcasing a story. So it's Instagram or instant experiences. It's great for that too, along with the collection. Um, though I would consider the image, the single image and the video, your top two ad formats. If you just want to focus on those, if you can get videos, great. If not, then I would just focus on those single images. And at the end of the day, even with all that in mind about video, the best thing you can do with the images and the videos in general too, is just, um, you should craft up something that people care about, look to speak to them with the visual, whatever it is. And like, think, all right, what is it gonna motivate them to look at this ad? Like, what is it that's gonna be so compelling about this? Right. Cause it doesn't really matter what type it is. Um, if you have boring content, boring content is gonna blend in. If you have great content, well, people are gonna look at it. And you probably see this all the time on your own social media. So I would use that as a reference point and think, hmm, this is interesting. How can I do something with this for my business? Gotcha. That's really interesting. Um, do you ever, uh, one thing I find with email is that, you know, a lot of brands, they're so married to their brand guidelines and like this certain look and feel that sometimes when we go to implement it into email, we're like, Ooh, guys, right there. This is not practical for email because it's a living, breathing thing. Right. And we've got spam filters and things like that. So in some ways in email, we have to adapt the brand a little bit while it still looks like it comes from them. We still have to do some things. Are there anything in particular, like, do you find some brands kind of will take some, I would say some bigger creative risks with Facebook ad videos, like, is that something you see or, you know, should they be a little bit, um, not, not staying in their safety zone of their brand, but kind of exploring some more risky creative options? Oh, Amy, first off, I totally hear you on that. I had a conversation this morning about that exact topic where, um, the client was talking about how they didn't like the length of the text on the ad. And the point of that is to tell a story we're just having direct call outs for a promotion. So try to get somebody compelled and involved, which obviously I would say first off, whatever you feel most comfortable with, with your brand, like that's why I said to the client as well too, if like you're more comfortable with a shorter call out, 
that's the route we will go with because of course like we want to make sure we're respecting that but at the same time like i would consider it relative to what you can do and what you ought to do um, for some industries yeah it's like not necessarily recommended to do certain things like you shouldn't go off color or you shouldn't go a little bit too far if it doesn't relate to your end goal because a lot of folks with creative can get a little bit out there um one basic example of this i can think of in commerce um one of our clients he has a few products in the winter apparel side of things that are his top performers and they actually are his top performers throughout the year which is great for him but he wants to spend more of his budget like more than 10 percent towards new creative for spring and summer products which makes sense however with some of these calls in the creative it can go a little bit too far in terms of like mm-hmm. his success so like obviously if you spend more and you do more creative testing things like that for these things that don't work as much to get you revenue your risks not hitting your revenue goal and if that's your end goal for the account well then you should consider not testing that creative as much or doing it over a long period of time um in general for brand guidelines i think that's like my two cents on it like mm-hmm. i would push the envelope if you can as long as it relates to people but you shouldn't go far for the sake of like going too far. Um, two examples I can think of like from a prior webinar I did were for um, the two, there are two big cruise lines that focused on COVID impacts very, very differently. Um, so like the Carnival Cruise Line, I believe it was Disney. Um, yeah. Don't quote me on this necessarily because I wasn't like thinking this right away, but um, they, because of their brand guidelines had two very different approaches. One was very direct. And approached it and said like hey COVID is happening this is a big deal um we want to be there for our employees and our people to make sure like we're supporting them and they changed their messaging up from like the global views and all the beautiful places and destinations you can go because that's what they do destination marketing versus the other one focused on that a lot further because it made sense for their brand um and that makes sense relative to their goal because they don't only do cruise lines they do other things as well too um, so that's all I have to say on it is like, have it make sense relative to your goals and like what your brand does. Like that's it. Yeah. Love that. Yes. Go back to the goal it is that is probably the best advice we can ever give anybody. So that's great. Um, awesome. Amy, I've been saying this for years. <laughs> it's like one of those things like I, to me, it sounds redundant. And it sounds simple, but it's really, really effective. Like I cannot stress that enough. Focus on your goal, you know? Listen, me too. We can we can start some kind of a goal movement after this podcast because um, I feel the same way. And you know, it's it's still shocking that folks don't have goals um, and you're just shooting blind. I guess to that point, you know, you spent the first part of the podcast giving some really good advice on how you can start by just creating some smart goals. And so I guess if I'm a business owner and I'm calculating this up, right. Um, and I come to say that number, like, let's say 2,500, what if my budget, what if I don't have that money to spend at this moment? You know, am I still going to be able to see results? Should I still give it a go? Like, what is the, how do you sort of work that if, you know, you don't have a lot of money to spend? Well, that's an excellent question. I think of it like this. It's like an iron triangle. Um, you have time, you have your goals, and you have your budget. And like those three things tend to tie together. Like you need to like, sacri- if you have to sacrifice on one, the other two kind of need to be strong. So if you don't have the budget, you could, for example, use that budget over a longer period of time 
and then maintain that same goal. Or you could have a lower budget, for example, for the month, and then say if you have half that budget, well, then you should expect like around half that goal. And to be honest with you, at a smaller budget, um, it's harder to create those results. So I hear you, like it's one of those things, like it's very difficult to establish your marketing efforts. Once it's established, it's almost like a flywheel to a degree and you're trying to add to that and grow it. Um, but that's my advice on that is like, bring back your expectations a little bit, if you will. And also consider too, like when you want to approach market for Facebook. Um, a lot of folks see it as like, oh, this is a channel where my target audience is and I can sell a little bit more. Fantastic thought, that's great. Um, but if you can do more in email or with your referrals for less, and I know this sounds weird coming from the paid media expert, but <laughs> I would definitely do that. Like I do that right now for my business and we're doing that before we establish ourselves more in Facebook, LinkedIn, because we want to do it step by step and make sure we're getting the most out of our budget. So if you don't have like that total budget, either pull back and think, okay, like perhaps like this amount. So if you don't have a thousand, maybe 500, great. Like maybe pull back your goals or do it over a longer period of time. Awesome. Or just consider a different channel that you're currently focused on. So like, say you're focusing on email with some of your clients, may expand that out a little bit further mm -hmm. and then tease Facebook a little bit more, just like, you know, put your feet into the water, if you will, and just try to figure out from there, like, does it work a little bit more, but give it a little bit more time, and a little more flexibility because with lower budget, it takes a little more time for these things to work. Woo, those are good, good tips. Um, I was just chatting with a couple of my clients this week who were sort of just telling me, you know, nothing's working in Facebook. And obviously I'm not an <laughs> expert at all. I'm learning a lot in this podcast episode. Um, but it was just amazing because when you start to like help them break it down, you know, they're, they're sort of just, you know, they've got $500. They have it going for 60 days. And they're, you know, they're frankly, they're even, I would say in the industry, they're competing against some big, big competitors that have like great market awareness, you know? So I think this is just really helpful to understand. I, I love the triangle um, approach that you mentioned. That's amazing. So. Yep, absolutely. I mean, to be honest, like, I think that will help because like a lot of folks, they see this and it's like, ah, oh, it's not working. What do I do? Um, and like, you don't want to spend more. Or like you do, but you're nervous about getting more results. Like just take it step by step, make it as tangible as possible. And like, you know, I will just keep repeating this all day long. Focus on your goal. Like what's your end goal and how is Facebook going to achieve that? You know? Um, so I appreciate that. And I hope that this is helpful to your clients. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, okay. So now for the you know, the question of the hour, because this is how it is with email, right? We get everything going and then it's like, okay. Ooh we're going to want to improve performance. So it's like once ads are live in a perfect world, we've been able to do, you know, um, we don't have an expert yet to help us, but we've set everything up. Our budgets are pretty decent. Um, they're live. And so what best practices do we can, do we use to like improve ad performance? Oh, well, that's a fantastic question. Um, I mean, spend more kidding. Um, that is something you can do. <laughs> But I would start off with, say if you're just starting off, like from scratch, because like this varies from like client to client. So three things I consider. One is your offer. So when you're starting off, look to see if people are engaging with it and even converting. Like, so if they're clicking through a lot more, like say if you have like above a 0.8% click through rate, your CPC, so your cost to compete is around $2 or less. That's a pretty good sign that like 
people like what you have to offer. So just make sure it matches relative to your audience. And the other thing is start building up more remarketing audiences to reach back to people that engaged with you more. So they came to your site or they engaged your ad, like they liked it, they commented on it or anything like that. Um, so start off with little things like that. So like look at the engagement metrics, build some audiences off those. And then from there, look for like different um, ad copy tests, just like very basic stuff. So like, I think of it as like, you look at the forest, like what part of the forest, you look at the trees in the forest and you look at the limbs on the trees to find that top performer. Cause you're really trying to weed out different yes. options. And it depends, you know, especially at like your client size, when you say 500 bucks over 60 days, they should be trying to compete in a smaller pond against other smaller fish of their similar size. And like, they need to figure out within that pond for that like audience they're going after, what exactly is it that gets people to tick? Like what is gonna get them to care a little bit more, click through and actually like buy or sign up? Um, and that's where I would start. So do that and then getting back to my initial points, look at those click-through rates and CPCs um, and then eventually get more into conversions. So as you see people are engaging more, that's how I'd optimize. So focus on your top performing copy and then make similar variations. So you don't have to make a whole new one from scratch. Just take your top performing one. Say for example, if I'm seeing um, a feature-based ad with different check bulleted callouts is performing better than a feel-good emotional ad, I'll try to find out if there are different features that perform better in the next ad test. And that's how I optimize. You know, it's just like basic stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it seems like you're kind of just choosing like one variable to control. Oh, 100%. I mean, that's your thing too, just throughout, like when you're trying to optimize these things, just pick like one thing at a time, especially with like a smaller budget. That's the perk is like, there's a little less maintenance, but it can get worrisome to like have something not perform for a little bit. But I focused on one thing at a time to say like, say for example, you're trying to sell um, hats and like you want to sell a bunch of hats, people interested in hats, you have two different ads. Great. Focus on that ad copy test to see how long it performs. Um, the standard benchmark I look for for ads is like that they each get around like 2,000 impressions. Um, if you can get up to 5,000, great. But if your budget's limited, 2,000. So like you've gotten it in front of 2,000 people, whether it's duplicate or not, to see if it performs and see if people actually care. Um, but and again, I can like list this stuff out, but that's getting a little further into the weeds. I will say it's good for smaller accounts, but that's why I like recommend for bigger clients it's good to have somebody part to partner up with kind of like how like you look at emails. Like I assume you look for things like that for open rates, engagement, all that good stuff. I mean, that's why you and I are in the industry. Like it's interesting to like gain the system a little bit and try to find ways to help clients win within their current budget and then scale that up further. Cause like that's how businesses are built. I mean, it's really cool yeah. because like you're able to do things like that, say a little like cost decrease of like 30% could improve your margin by 30% technically speaking, which means that you can do a lot more with your money for your business. Um, I mean, I don't know. That's what I like doing with like uh, clients. It helps me get through the day for like these sort of things because it's so rewarding. And it's really awesome. Uh, oh, that's amazing. I agree. Um, I think too, you know, um, when you bring an expert in, there's a lot more of that marrying up the connection to the audience. You know, a lot of times when there's a company just doing their ads, um, especially from a business owner perspective, a lot of times their goal is simply just to create revenue and they 
they're, they're kind of putting out these ads that are sort of like, we're as a consumer, as a human, I'm numb to them because they don't pull my emotional strings. They don't connect with me as a person. And I find that with email a lot, right? It's like, if you wouldn't open this email yourself, we probably shouldn't send that, you know? So I think, um, I, I think having somebody, you know, with, you know, like an expert like you, you know, you're, you're starting to connect how this ad reaches the human. And that's what we forget a lot of the time, especially working with some of these smaller, you know, e-commerce type companies that have a little bit more of that direct response connection and an ad can generate revenue for them, but they're still a human looking at that ad. So. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's why like looking at your offer and what you're putting out into the market is so important because like the consumer, especially in e-commerce, the average consumer probably sees a lot of different options. And especially in e-commerce, you should consider that relative to your business. Um, like if you think about it, like, um, for example, how many, different brands of clothing do you think you and your family have like just on average just off the top of your head like what five seven more than that probably 12 to 15 actually types of brands yeah wow okay great um the average i've heard of is around eight i think that probably varies a little bit based upon families versus single folks and so on and so forth um but that being said what your clients are trying to do, and same thing that my clients are trying to do, is essentially saying like, all right, you have these current brands. You want to be one of those brands and swapped in with one of those other bubble brands to so say like you have like a few products from Lululemon, but not too many. And like you have a different product from this other client that they're selling. You need to figure out how exactly you can get somebody interested in your product versus that current product they're using right now. Um, and it's something that's like kind of missed with Facebook and in general as a whole. Um, but something that should be considered with your copy and your differentiators getting to that a little bit more. And like, that's the whole point of the offer is to say like, all right, this sweatshirt is made from tri-blended fleece. Um, it's made hundred percent of the U S or things like that. So you figure out things that the consumer cares a little bit more about. So like, okay, like I'd rather support local economies and try to have like, uh, something made out of like a certain type of material because that's what they like or that's what they're looking for. Great, you may have gotten that purchase. Or like flip side, if you didn't mention that your competition does have that, well, they have a leg up on you. I mean, mm-hmm. it's one of those things you got to figure out with ad copy testing. And Facebook's great for that because besides email, Facebook is a very cheap forum to get that sort of like learning from. And essentially, what you can do is figure out from thousands of people at a very low cost is this product something that people like or is there something about it that they like? And if so, how can you make a little bit more off that by like leveraging that? For example, with uh, Maroon Bell, um, we leverage the fact that their Buffalo leather gloves are three times stronger than the regular leather. And a lot of ranchers, farmers, even people that are like, just enjoy driving their car around the city and things like that, um, they see as a key differentiator and that's helped them a lot with growing their business. So it's figuring out for you, like what's that differentiator and how do you bring that to Facebook? Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, just one other question for you before we just kind of wrap up today. Um, is there any way that someone can use their email list as an audience in Facebook? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, the thing that I recommend with that is you have at least 2000 people. Um, okay. 
because that will allow Facebook to find more people in its, um, in its database to match with. So that's essentially like the recommended number to figure out that amount. The other thing too is like, that's the minimum to make a lookalike off of. Um, okay. And that's essentially saying like, you have these people that sweet spot of people that purchased with you. If you could find people that are 1% like them, so they have the similar traits, similar like Facebook, like engagement patterns, things like that. Um, you can target those people based upon that list if you have 2,000. So the answer is yes, absolutely. And I would highly recommend it. It's a great best practice. Um, the only thing is just make sure you have at least 2,000 people. Sounds good. Yeah, that's great. I, um, I was curious for myself, um, but I'm sure there's a listener out there that'll probably be like, oh, great. <laughs> so that's awesome. Okay. So now's your moment to, to preach. I always have to put this here at the end. Um, I know you've talked already sort of about some big mistakes. Um, having, not having a goal probably being the greatest mistake. Um, but if you could think of a few more, like what are some big mistakes you want to help listeners avoid? Well, first off, you should go with Centaur Consulting Group for your Facebook ad management needs. Kidding. Um, I mean, you should <laughs> if you need to. Um, in general, um, not kidding. Vanity metrics. So what I talked about before, um, as you start optimizing ads a little bit more, there can be more of a focus on clicks, click-through rates, and cost per click. And you could avoid... Um, your end goal. That happens a lot as you're focusing on your account a lot further. And actually is a good reason why you should find somebody to focus on that for you to find that balance between optimizing efforts versus like getting that revenue or getting those people to fill out the form, things like that. Um, time to test. So especially with a smaller budget or like say if it's like smaller and I get this like starting off, especially to like say you put $500 out there for 60 days well, $500 for you could be like a lot relative to your total budget. So say that's not 10% of your budget, that's like 50%. And like, obviously that could be a little bit nerve wracking for some folks. I would still recommend giving things time to test. So give it at least a couple of days. Usually seven days is ideal for certain tests depending upon the amount of data you get. Like for example, that's why I like having that 2000, 2000 impression benchmark for certain ad copy tests. So you know like, all right, this is the number of people that saw the ad. So like, say if it didn't perform in like two to three days and it only had a thousand impressions, well, you know that you should let it test a little longer. Um, and a lot of folks starting off, like they'll just pause the test right away and say, oh no, it's not converting or, oh no, it's getting a poor click through rate. Better just pause it where that could change because we don't have statistically practical data necessarily. And even with that 2000, you could still get more data, but at a smaller account size, it's better just to like have a number like that to go off of to get practical data. And then just final thing I have listed here, not having a goal in mind with all of that in mind. So when you're testing and you're trying to like optimize your account, um, you should be optimizing towards something. So say if, if this is why it's good if you have something established, like say if you have a one ROAS or 1.5 ROAS, you're making a little bit of money off your ad efforts. You should figure out what your goal is and like try to work towards that. So you make decisions based upon that goal. Um, I mean, that's the gist. So vanity metrics, time to test, and just not having a goal in mind. Those are the big three things I see all the time. Okay. So just one, just one little um, moment here. You mentioned ROAS. I am return on ad spend, I assume? Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. So um, can you just take like a two, sec you know, two seconds to kind of explain that metric for some folks? 
Oh, sure. So um, it's essentially just looking at the revenue you make from your advertising efforts versus the amount you spent on those ad efforts. And it's just, it's a very basic formula. So like revenue over cost, and that will get you that ROAS, especially in e-commerce. That's why Facebook's so effective is because you have an empiric way to say like, okay, this is the amount that I've got. Like say if you have a one ROAS, you spent a thousand bucks and made a thousand bucks. Great. Um, you might want something better than that. You probably do because of your operation costs and taxes and all that good stuff. Um, which is why like, it's usually good to partner up to figure out what that number is and then try to work towards it based upon like the products you have in your um, company. But yeah. that's the gist with ROAS. It's just that simple formula. Okay. There's a lot more you can do with it, but that's all it is. Just revenue over cost. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like a good one. All right. So that was great, Oliver. Thank you so much for your insights today. Um, if listeners want to get a hold of you, where can they find you? Sure. So best way to get hold of me is through email. So Oliver at centaur-consultants.com. Um, I'm available on LinkedIn as well too, um, under Centaur Consulting Group. And then if you want to schedule a call or anything like that, just go over anything just basic. Um, I'm going to send over a Calendly link uh, to you, Amy, just in case anybody needs like uh, to talk about anything, you know. Yes, sounds great. Yeah, we will have a ton of show notes um, so everybody can access everything. And I just want to thank you again for joining us today, Oliver. You have been amazing. My pleasure, Amy. Thank you for the opportunity. It's great to speak on your podcast and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing the next one. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Take it easy, Amy. Have a good one. Okay. Let me close this episode by just saying thank you to Oliver. You know, it's so interesting because what he had to share was so enlightening and it actually comes down to some of the basics. What are your goals? So jump into the show notes, grab your um, calculator and get started and understand that maybe you do need some help with this challenging performance marketing channel. And luckily there are experts like Oliver out there, but in the meantime, utilize some of the nuggets he shared today to um, better equip yourself to just stop wasting money with Facebook and start making money. As always, happy emailing everyone. I will see you next time.